Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. This show is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Robots Radio presents... Welcome to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, a place where the Elder Scrolls community can come together to discuss the boundaries of our knowledge about the universe of the Elder Scrolls. Adventurers, we are back with this week's episode of the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. And if you are watching us live at twitch.tv slash robots radio right now, you might think that this is actually an episode of Tales of Tamriel and I'm just filling in for Hyperpixie. But that is not actually the case <laughs> because I am your host, Tom Robots. This is, in fact, the Elder Scrolls Lorecast and I'm here with Lotus of Doom. Lo- Lotus, welcome. How's it going? Hello, hello. Things are things are much better now that my internet is all cooperating and stuff. <laughs> Yay for internet. Yay. Yay! And well, um, servers. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I said the uh, Tales of Tamriel thing because with us today, and somebody is somebody I've been meaning to talk to for quite a while now. He heads up the Dungeon Crawlers Network and is one of the hosts of Tales of Tamriel himself, and also the most attractive host of Tales of Tamriel. Sorry, sorry, Lotus. Uh, Arkanir. Tough but fair. <laughs> Arkanir, welcome to the show. How's it going? It's going great. It's going great. And it's just the hair. It's, so, yeah, it's, it's an illusion cr- created oh, yeah. by my hair. My, my hair is wildly outclassed by Ark. Yeah, but you, you've been growing it out lately. It's, uh, you guys have kind of a competition going yeah, at this I gotta, point. I got to shave mine off, actually. It's driving me insane. <laughs> saying things like that, I'm making me upset. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, um, I've been a guest on your show a few times. I've had, obviously, Lotus guest on my show. We had Hyperpixie on the other day, and Lotus is now a regular co-host of the show. But, Ark, this is the first time we've had the opportunity to bring you on, because we have to yeah. shoot electrons halfway across the world in order to make this work, but everything seems to be working out okay today. Um, I've been wanting to talk to you for quite some time about your take on the lore and some of your thoughts behind these games. You've been deep, deep, deep into Elder Scrolls Online, especially, but Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've played some of the other games. So tell you what, why don't we dig right in and I'll start asking you some questions after this really cool sound effect. I didn't hear it. We don't see it on our end. (laughs) The illusion has been broken. (laughs) This is where you get off. Come with me. Can you guys not hear the sound effects now? I'm not going to lie to you. That's the first time I've ever heard it. Really? Really? It was. I I think it was getting caught by the noise gate because it was getting like sort of in and out. It's so funny. Yeah. I, since I had listened to the show so long before I was on it, I just knew what they were. So I was right. able to just like, okay, perfect. I just don't hear it, but I know where it goes. I just totally broke that illusion. I never say anything. <laughs> wow. I, because I opened this, like I opened the stream, then I remembered what it was. But when you said sound effect, I just expected something like boop. And, um, <laughs> yeah, like like uh, this one. Yeah. Um, oh. Yeah, but that one I heard. <laughs> That's weird. It must be like a noise gate thing. Okay. So, yeah. so initially when I set these up, the the other the other guests could hear them, but I, I'm gonna have to play with my settings. Anyway, enough about the technicalities behind the show. Um, <laughs> so the first thing I wanted to ask here, and and Lotus, if you have any questions as as we discuss this, uh, feel free to jump in and and bring some questions because uh, obviously you've been. Talking with our career oh, yeah. a lot more than I have, so um, don't don't worry. I've got a couple. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh God, I don't like the sound of that. Well, let's start out. Let's start out with. I, I think this is probably the thing that you're most known for, and of course, I'm sh- I'm sorry. You're, <laughs> but we have to bring up that. It seems to me, if you are a regular listener of Tales to Tamriel, that you're aware that you are definitely not for the uh, the high elves, and you are not 
for noirs <laughs> and these kinds of things. You're almost better known for the things that you dislike in the world of Tamriel. <laughs> True. Uh, because they're memorable. And of course, they get brought up all the time, right? And this is just kind of a conversation centers around these things and jokes get made. But let, let's move it into the other side of things. What if those are the things you dislike a lot about about the lore, what are the parts of the lore that really, really intrigue you or are really are the things that really draw you to the Elder Scrolls? Mm -hmm. All right. So not something. Well, it's not something specific about the Elder Scrolls lore, like certain parts of it, but the way it is built, basically. So to me, Elder Scrolls lore has. Well, before that, I should say I really love discussing things and arguing about them. Uh -huh. I really love it, if right. you don't already know. Yes. And yes. Elder Scrolls lore is a great opportunity for all that, because it is layered. So you have the common lore, the common knowledge that both the in-game common characters, the NPCs, like the farmer you meet or the guard you meet, the lore that they know, which is also presented to the player through the gameplay. And then you have the second layer of the lore that is written in the books, you know, lore pages that you found, find, or, you know, some more tricky quests that you get into in the games. And then there's, so that's a bit more, you know, less known part of the lore. And then you have another layer that is only, like, you only get through piecing together a bunch of other things. And it's, it goes very in-depth, like the 36 Lessons of Vivek, the Tower lore, you know, where did the Wemers went. And then you have the completely unknown part, again, you know, where did the Wemers went or uh, all sort of things. The nature and of, like of the true nature of the gods and those kinds of yeah, things. The yeah. stuff that's shrouded in mythology and is only mm -hmm. talked about through uh, metaphor and those kinds of things. Yeah, yeah, the the ones that are never really revealed, at least so far in the games or in the or in the lore, it's just unknown completely, and none of these layers are set in stone. Unlike some some other you know uh, universes like Dragonlance or or um, even parts of Lord of the Rings, you know if you are, if at least the parts where we have access to Tolkien's work, uh, you know for sure what has happened but not in elder scrolls because it is almost always uh given by people in the lore so someone wrote a book from his perspective or someone you know went through an experience and and it, you find that but it's never written in a meta level that okay this is what happened it's always within the lore that we receive the lore so we never know for a certain if something has actually happened or if there's a different account of it and that creates this infinite amount of arguing discussing theory <laughs> crafting right it's just it, you can't go on forever about discussing a very simple subject in elder scrolls lore because it's never certain you can never prove that you are correct so right it is it is great fun yeah we discuss this a lot the unreliable narrator the fact that you have uh, differing accounts of the same events, mm -hmm. um, even the dynamic nature of something like a dragon break makes things both true and false all at the same time. And that's I, I mean, for, we can <laughs> we can divide this into two different things. For the most part, the lore of the Elder Scrolls works a lot like the real world where you just have to mm -hmm. trust whoever wrote the book that that's the way things actually worked, even though no account is perfect. But at the same time, you include things like Dragon Breaks, and all of a sudden that's not like the real world at all, because at least in our reality, things are either true or false. They're not both. Right? Like, or at least... Unless um, we unless, go on with the multiverse theory, and then <laughs> right. Dragon Breaks. And then you, right, and then, then it gets into really deep philosophy. But at least for our own experiences with reality, yeah. things seem to either be true or false, at least on our level of, of existence mm -hmm. and, and the things that we interact with, right? Um, so, yeah, this it's it's interesting. And, and this is one of the things I've said many times is that the lore is very interesting in the fact that it is told in a very realistic world kind of way. Whose account are you yeah. going to trust or can you trust anyone's account? So, yeah, it's 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 a really cool dynamic. Now, when it comes to the the peoples and places of Tamriel, is there a certain culture that you are more drawn towards? Are there certain peoples that you identify more with or that you prefer to roleplay as? 
Nords. Nords. Nords and Skyrim all the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if 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 well, close seconds would be Redguards, but yeah. So Nords and Redguards, Nords like primarily. mannish yeah. men, manly, manly men, <laughs> different <laughs> kinds of manly I mean, men from snowy places mm -hmm. and from desert places. <laughs> from the exact so <laughs> I mean, one is closer to my real life self and one is closer to you know what i would like to live in as a setting so but yeah uh, so it's more so than the manly man part but it's their understanding of honor concept so both nords and redguards they have a huge concept like a very set in stone concept of honor and glory mm. uh, and that's that's what um I guess makes me feel closer to both both of their cultures because you have the you know sword masters of uh, red guards and they are absolutely honorable people even though from a different perspective like they don't they don't have a concept of sovereign guard like nords but they are still in a different belief system different culture they believe that they must be absolutely honorable and then you have nords from a from a different perspective they believe that unless they're honorable they will get into sovereign guard so honor takes a really huge place in both of their cultures so yeah i, I really like that about those two mm -hmm. what about orcs then don't orcs have a similar code of honor i believe so but for some reason i never felt close to the orcs they are like if i had to i would again orcs would be in the top three, four of my list of uh, races I would get along with in Tamriel. But their way of life is a bit more, um, I guess, tribal than Red Guards and Nords. Yeah, right. Like, I love right. the concept of fighting, brawling, yeah. um, you know, honor, glory, all that, but not at a tribal level like the Orcs do. I still love my comfort and. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, the um the red guards and the uh the nords are a bit more sophisticated in their society mm -hmm. structures and those kinds of things than the than the orcs are. They're very much more tribal. Yeah, that is a big difference. And the orcs are most likely of Murish descent. So they are a right. little bit different mm -hmm. in in that side of the culture divide for sure. Now, and weren't really actually player characters for several games <laughs> yeah yeah they, they've kind of been fleshed out more as the series goes which um and not to get super off the rails but like it, it's funny just going through some of the older games um they, you know they they kind of get ripped on a little more than some of the other uh races like in tamriel because you know where sinium keeps getting sacked and everything and uh throughout throughout time but it, it's kind of funny that um as i'm playing through some of these old games like orcs have been written into being a like full-fledged like cultural race whereas in arena it's just here's an orc it charges at you they all look exactly the same and they just bludgeon you they're just an, a generic enemy and same thing it's unusual that you find an orc in shadow key there's one that talks to you and your character is like surprised because it's like <laughs> oh my god this orc isn't like trying to bash my skull in just because he's a prisoner it's like wow this came a long way <laughs> right right it might as well be a skeleton or something it's just a monster yeah, it, it was the equivalent of like skeleton based enemy like okay here's an you know here's your skeleton here's your orc here's your dragon whatever and then they became so much more yeah yeah man this is what we've, we're already deep with the uh deep with the lore and the um, <laughs> trivia knowledge here um so one thing i didn't mention at the beginning of the episode is after the episode especially those of you who are watching live and who are patrons stay tuned for after the episode because arcaneer will be our contestant in are you smarter than twitch chat so we'll be doing some elder scrolls yeah. uh, lore trivia well i guess more trivia 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 stuff then yeah. so stay tuned for that so arc how did you get started with elder scrolls what was your entry into the series right so my entry was with oblivion but but not by playing it but more like watching it so around uh, so i was born in 94 so by when oblivion was released i was what like 12 years old something like that mm -hmm. um and at that time i was mostly playing counter-strike call of duty you know earlier uh, in the series Age of Empires, the first Age of Empires, I played that a lot too, or like other console games and things like that. But I didn't have a concept of RPGs. And um, 
One wow. day I'm, we had one PC in the house at that point, and I would like watch my older brother play games a lot. And one day I entered the room, he's playing a game, he's running in the sewers. And I started watching him play Oblivion just when um, he exited the sewers into that beautiful scene yeah. in Oblivion with the island across with the Islade ruins and the mountains. The bright sunny day and, and the trees. Yeah. And the water. Yeah. Yeah. And that was like a, I don't know, a shock at that point. Because up until that, I was playing, you know, games that are not... Uh, focusing on the world or the atmosphere, but more like just the gameplay. Counter-Strike, what do you expect from it um, in yeah. terms of that scenery? Totally. And uh, I, was, I was amazed, by, and immediately on the, po on the spot, I was like, what is this? What game is this? And he explained that, okay, this is an RPG, uh, it's Oblivion. And I was hooked at that point, and I started playing Oblivion pretty much right then, and for the next several years, I guess I played oblivion very heavily although i didn't understand much of it because at that time my english was uh, all over the place i would understand words and whatnot but not full complex lore of it wow uh, that's that really was my entry into uh, yeah that's really interesting to i mean you're right like you you're, you're from a different culture english is a second language um man i, I that game I understood what role-playing games were. That was my entry into the series as well, but I didn't understand what the series was about yet. So everything was new. The fact that like vampires existed, I had no idea until all of a sudden it became one. And I was like, holy crap, I'm a vampire. That's a thing. So <laughs> I, I kind of entered into it blindly as well, but I can't imagine also entering into it with, uh, you know, the hurdle of it being a second language and mm -hmm. like that. How did... Did you find that it was just more shrouded in mystery and that there were just more surprises when you didn't necessarily understand all the, the context of something and then all of a sudden came face to face with something that may have been hinted at in the language, but you just didn't pick it up until you saw it? How did that work? So I used to play uh, especially online games and RPGs with, with a dictionary by my side. Yeah. So it was a lot of, okay, reading something. And then, like, opening up the dictionary, trying to figure out what it is, and then continuing to play. Uh, most of the time, at that time, I didn't pay attention too much to the lore, actually, because it was a lot of reading through a lot of material that I didn't understand. But I was mostly trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do in the quest. Uh, so <laughs> mm -hmm. those were the parts I generally just translated and went about doing my quest. So the first, you know, I guess a year or so of my Oblivion playthrough was... Generally just enjoying the quests and the atmosphere and the environment, the world, rather than the lore, lore itself. Like, I don't remember much now, but I probably didn't even understand, you know, the, the concept of the Imperial City or the war. You know, what are we dealing with? What are the Daedric Princes? None of it probably made any sense to me. Yeah. Uh, eventually, though, because I was constantly translating stuff and whatnot, I started you know learning more and more english getting more and more comfortable with it and at that point also started playing other rpgs like dragon age at witcher i tried to play i never got to play it because witcher first uh, mm -hmm. was too much for my <laughs> early gamer self but yeah oblivion was my entry into the elder scrolls and the rpg genre and then from then on it followed with obviously skyrim and from Skyrim into Elder Scrolls Online. And very recently, and by very recently, I mean like last year or so, I played Elder Scrolls 3 more of it. Only made it like 50 hours into it. <laughs> I like how that's barely scratching the surface. It's like, oh, I only yeah, made it 50 yeah. hours in. I got through two quests. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, 20 hours is trying to hit that first rat that you've run into and you can't quite hit it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm always going to joke about that because that's where I bounced off it. And I was like, I don't get it. Why can't I hit a rat? <laughs> and then I was done. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, early, early playthroughs of Oblivion, I, uh, you brought up the, the Daedra, the Daedric Princes, and I was very confused about what they were, because they're not really demons, but they seem kind of demonic. Mm. And I didn't have a template in my head for what that was. Like, these are powerful beings that seem to have nefarious purposes, but don't always. And I, I just, I couldn't place them. I'm like, are they supposed to be demons yeah. because they're Daedra 
that sounds almost like demon <laughs> you know like what is what is that it, it was always a little bit foggy to me at first and i think that's part of what was so appealing about the lore is that so much of it doesn't really reveal itself until you spend lots and lots yeah. of time in the world and really start to immerse yourself to the point where things start to kind of click and make sense because it is foreign it is very different mm-hmm. yeah um so you you went from oblivion and then into skyrim so skyrim comes out yeah and by then you were more familiar with the world you probably spent a lot of hours in skyrim i would assume oh yeah so oblivion i played I, I don't even know how much because uh, th- back then I wasn't playing it on, on like a st- any platform that was tracking my gameplay time. But I know that I played with a single character for like two years mm-hmm. um, and eventually got that's actually a funny story that I will get to later. I got stuck in a dungeon and never were able to leave. <laughs> oh no! After two years of two years of playing with the same character. But yeah, so several years with Oblivion, at that point, my English got gotten a lot better as well, because I was constantly playing uh, games and mostly RPGs. So eventually it added up to a point that I was, by the time I was playing Skyrim, I was, I, I was able to understand everything that I read. So I started getting heavier into the lore as well with Skyrim. Okay. Uh, starting to reading up, you know, reading uh, wikis of like UESP or the other Elder Scrolls wikis. Uh, getting into discussions with friends because at that point I was in high school. Some of my friends were also, you know, playing Skyrim, so we were getting into these discussions. Um, so yeah, at, I guess I replayed Skyrim all the way until Elder Scrolls Online released. Just started over, added more mods, added different mods, started over again. Yeah, yeah. and that was just like three, four years of constantly replaying Skyrim. Yeah, this, the Skyrim shuffle. Games that release at that time. <laughs> That's what we all did, Yeah, right? the, yeah. <laughs> Let's try these 1,200 mods and see how they work together. Oh, it crashed. <laughs> now, my, my gameplay for the week was just loading mods. <laughs> Yay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, when Elder Scrolls Online came out, were you there for the, like, the big announcement? Were you on board with it right from the beginning? I think I wasn't... I think I missed the initial announcement of it i think i got into it with the i think first beta i don't really remember but um because by then i wasn't active in the online communities at all like mm-hmm. i was playing single player games uh i wasn't i was aware of twitch existed but i wasn't really interested in it uh, i would just watch gameplay videos or whatever on youtube so i wasn't really active with the news and discussions communities online so I missed the initial, like that initial, oh, they are making an Elder Scrolls MMORPG hype. But when I heard about it, oh man, that was, that was the first time I was really, like, extremely hype beyond, you know, just, oh, I'm excited about this, but like, how am I supposed to wait for this level uh, hype? So I got into it with Beta, mm-hmm. and uh, from then on, I was pretty much always on. That's how I met... During that beta phase is how I actually first met uh, the concept of podcasts as well. Up until then, I didn't know podcasts were a thing at all. And I was looking for content to watch or listen to during my classes, because at that point I was in university. And uh, yeah, I wasn't a good student. I was listening to a lot of other school stuff (laughs) uh, (laughs) while in the classes. So I was looking up and I saw, you know, the elder school's podcasts of that time one of which was tales of tamriel and um with tales of tamriel i started listening to it uh, at that time they weren't going live with it so i started like sending in emails uh, um, doing some back and forth and then they started doing it live which is how i sort of got pulled into the concept of twitch as well yeah and from then on pretty much continued to be part of the uh, online Elder Scrolls on community and it was just a whole new world honestly yeah yeah and it's um it's a it's a cool community it's a cool community of people um mm-hmm. have you ever wanted to learn more about geography without sitting through a snoozy old lecture geography arcade is a weekly podcast all about your favorite video games and their geographic lessons inspirations and even some minor analysis some may say analysis boo well we're gonna learn and have fun 
while we talk about Pokemon, Elder Scrolls, and much more. Come join the adventure at Geography Arcade on your favorite podcatcher and YouTube. I've, I've had many conversations with people who, in fact, I had a conversation on our Discord today with uh, some of our patrons about um, s- some of the differences between the single player focused games that Bethesda's put out and games like ESO and Fallout 76 that are uh, kind of a mix of story and always online multiplayer MMO kind of elements. Um, and they, you know, obviously they're both a little different from each other, but this idea that was it did it i don't know i don't know the right way to to frame this but some people would rather have more single player games and that's all they want they don't want to try to play through that in an online setting either because they don't want to be playing with other people running through quests doing the same stuff in an mmo style game or they don't like the online always nature of the game they would rather Mm -hmm. be able to just download the update and then launch it even if they're not connected to the internet. And I totally get that because some people can't always be connected to the internet. And so they're missing out on some of those stories and things. Uh, But my perspective on it is had they, they were going to launch a game that was an MMO. Bethesda was going to put out an MMO and they were either going to do the Elder Scrolls or another IP they currently had or would have to make a new IP and if that's the case mm-hmm. I would rather have them create more Elder Scrolls stories because that's what I like um, I want to play through each of the expansions I want to see what happens in the world I want to get more lore and more understanding of the different cultures and the different people and that kind of thing um, so that's what that's what keeps bringing me back do you do you have the same kind of love for the stories or are you know like you came from a background where it was a lot of game mechanics and competitive stuff do you do you find that you dive equally into different aspects of the game or do you have certain parts of the game that you kind of line more up with more more often so until recently in elder scrolls online i was a lot more story focused for example for the single player games i never played them in the highest difficulty because what i cared was not min maxing my build or my character or the grind but the story so i would just drop the difficulty to easiest possible i still play single player rpgs like that by the way i drop mm-hmm. it to the single like the uh, easiest difficulty up until i have to fight a boss because i want to get the experience of fighting a boss as well but i don't want for example in skyrim you put it on insane difficulty and you get killed by rats and yeah. i don't want to <laughs> yeah i don't want my game yeah. time to be fighting rats for five hours or god so forbid you I run into just... a troll hyperpixie gaming thank oh, you for okay, the raid yeah, Thank you. Yeah, but like a troll in Skyrim <laughs> on like max difficulty, it like heals faster than you can hurt it if you're a, yeah. a new a new yeah. character. You just have to run away. There's nothing you can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I generally put everything to easiest difficulty and then uh, just got to just absorb the story as much as I can. Uh, but with Elder Scrolls Online, I was also for the longest part uh, was very story focused, but Recently, and by recently, I guess the last couple of years or so, I started getting into more challenge runs. And now I have to be honest, I can't really go back to the story side of ESO as much as I like to, because those challenges are, are addictive. That's a whole different world for me. So, yeah, yeah. like I haven't touched Markart's storyline, for example, yet, but I still love the stories. However, I am now getting more into the MMORPG aspect of Elder Scrolls Online. Interesting. But I'm pretty sure when we get a new single-player storyline for, for Elder Scrolls, I'll just probably go back to my old self, put it on the easiest, and uh, play it on my pace, just absorbing as much of the story as I can. Interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm very much into the story aspects of these games, too. That's that's what keeps bringing me back into the game after I I'll, I'll take a break and I'll play other stuff. Obviously, I do other shows about other games, so I, I have to spend some of my time here and some of my time there. But every time there's a new story, I always come back and I always check that part out. And of course, that draws me into some of the other aspects. And then I start diving into dungeons again and, you know, maybe do a little bit of PvP and, you know, whatever the event is. Um, so that's. Yeah, we have kind of a similarity there. Um, I never quite drop the uh, difficulty in the single player games down to easy. I always try to, I always tend to keep it at 
just normal, normal difficulty. Lotus, mm-hmm. do you, how do you play those games? This is interesting because um, everyone comes at this stuff from a different perspective and it is, it's, it's interesting. So it's kind of funny. I, um, I have this overarching thing of, I like something of a challenge, but I don't usually like to find a reason to make myself miserable, despite what it seems like um, <laughs> I was from say. playing old <laughs> games or everything but i have a real fascination with uh achieving things so i'll play a game more often than not on like a normal i'll just leave it as whatever stock is um most of the time in a single player thing Mm -hmm. and then (laughs) if they put an achievement behind it or something and suddenly it's like oh play the game on ultra nightmare difficulty i'm like oh man i could play on ultra nightmare difficulty (laughs) and like (laughs) so that that totally works on me like um and then i mean i don't know i guess sometimes i make my own achievements where i'm like oh i'll just play all of the elder scrolls games there is no difficulty in the old elder scrolls games playing them is difficult enough so like (laughs) That's, uh, (laughs) but like more often than not, I don't know, like a standard challenge is fine with me unless there's a, like that competition aspect does make me much, much more interesting. I mean, for a while on tales, when we all had fully functioning dungeon teams, um, where our schedules were meeting up, we were all battling out who could do speedrun no death hard modes of specific dungeons just outdo each other on the show so like yeah. <laughs> scheduling became a bit of a problem so it, it, we we haven't been able to do that in a while but like that little a- aspect really i i kind of do share that but i also like to go through things so it, it's it's a little of both and i come from honestly a pretty similar background arc mine wasn't so much counter strike but i would be from the like battleground style of call of duty or unreal tournament or quake and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so i'm used to like you know everybody at each other's throats and it's you win or nothing and then (laughs) right now i'm i don't know i got old and now i play rpgs and i'm like oh these are great (laughs) love these yeah Yeah, i'm I'm i don't know how i forgot unreal tournament Oh my god! I Unreal, love tournament. Unreal tournament. That was great. <laughs> so yeah, good. my prime, my prime when it came to like Twitch shooters was Counter Strike Source, like 2004. <laughs> that was about as as good as <laughs> yep. I got. You know, I, you know, I'm older than Ark is. Um, but yeah, we played on a on a local server, um, and they would keep track of say 8,000 people who played on the server regularly. And I made it. I made it to fifth place on the server. And wow, okay. I was like, I was, you know, <laughs> nice. I, could, I could tell like where my bullets were most likely to hit by like averages. They had like the body layout and where all the bullets are and your averages for hitting different body parts and with different guns and all that stuff. This is way before, you know, go with some of the more technology stuff they do with that. Um, but yeah, that's that's as good as I got. And then I was like, I'm not going to ever be better than this. <laughs> and then I, that for sure was the <laughs> that was the truth. And then ever since then, I've never been as good at, at shooters. Um yeah, that's the sometimes it's good to know though. Just be like, I peaked. I'm I peaked. <laughs> there it is. I peaked. I'm, I can just look back at this fondly now. <laughs> it's like, yep, yep. Back in the my day, I could sh- <laughs> I could headshot a man at fifty yards in two milliseconds. Nope. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh man. So, um, <laughs> Lotus, do you have any questions for Ark? I've been kind of running running the show so far. I- so no um i mean i might have talked an arc once or twice uh before this yeah Uh, (laughs) Yeah, just a few times (laughs) every now and then sure but um no so i i actually find it fascinating i never thought of the fact of when you said playing through these for the first time you needed to translate like yeah Yeah. in order to that is like a level of hard mode that just surpasses like screw arena being difficult that's like playing a game blindfolded <laughs> like that is i i just never i had never considered that so it, it was i don't know that was like eye-opening when you said that it just all of a sudden clicked and i was like holy crap that is <laughs> that's intense but um no the only um the only thing just because we got a a raid from our other tales because 
it's a Tales reunion here. Yeah. Our other Tales <laughs> member, Hyper Pixie. Um, it wouldn't be a Tales show without me asking why you have to love the Elmer Dominion so much. I don't. <laughs> why is this? <laughs> <laughs> so okay so let's get down to the let's get down to the root of this what is it about the Elberry Dominion specifically that you dislike Altimers themselves is it is it the That's like I'm so much better than everyone else attitude thing pretty much like that arrogance I mean yeah. they all act in such a way that it's just immediately punchable <laughs> right. That, right. The Aldmeri characteristic right. is just that, immediately punchable. Yeah, it's like it's, every time I see a picture of Joe Olstein, I want to just punch his shiny teeth. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I totally. just like that as an adjective, punchable. <laughs> punchable. Yeah, that, that punchable face. You're like, mm, the face needs a fist in yeah, it. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 They, they, they are they are irritating. That's that's the that's the thing, and they are a bane in the existence of Tomriel as well as we see in the future, you know, eras of of Elder Scrolls universe, aka Fourth Era, the War, the White Gold Concord. That they are not good. They are not good for the benefit of the, you know, all of the people of Tomriel. So if we can get rid of them in Second Era, we solve a lot of problems in several hundred years in the future. That's my. That's my logic there. Yeah, yeah. So it's so it's kind of funny because like obviously the the alliance war joke has been going on with our show for a very long time, mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of funny just because regardless of who happens to be on the show, as you know, Tales has been on for almost six years at this mm -hmm. point. I think there's been a decent amount of rotating cast, as the three of us are none of us are original members of the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So it's funny, though, because in that same regard, we have overlapping things where I'll agree with something with Ark, but then disagree with him on something else. And then Pixie will agree with me on something, but disagree with me on something else. And it's funny. I, I have such a thing where like I am. I like that all of the races in Tamriel are the same. Like I, I like them all like kind of equally. And that's in the way that I think they're all super flawed and a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But like actual I, people. Amazing. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. It's, it's amazing how realistic they are. Like, no culture this. is just full of saints and angels. You know, like we but, all have our darkness. <laughs> when you look at, um, you know, the, the faction things, I'm so gung ho on the Ebonheart Pact just because I think that's like the best option pretty much. Mm -hmm. But it's funny in the regard of the Almere Dominion, it's funny. It's that fourth wall, you know, broken knowledge of what they become, even if it's just like in its infancy. I they're so infuriating in Skyrim. And I mean, they're obviously designed to be like that. You're not supposed to sympathize with right. the fourth ever, <laughs> right. fourth era, you know, Thalmor or whatever. Thalmor, but yeah. like, yeah, that's thank you, Thalmor. Um, so it always makes me curious, like, what if ESO had come out before Skyrim? Like, mm. I wonder if, I mean, a lot of people like the AD. Uh, it's <laughs> That's fine, too. Yeah. But I always wonder if more people would like the AD if you didn't know what they would become. Probably. Then, it's it's kind of like, yeah. to jump in, it's kind of like um, the, the Brotherhood in Fallout 3 versus the Brotherhood in Fallout 4. Right. In Fallout 3, right, right, the Brotherhood right. are like the Shining Knights because they're Lion's Brotherhood, who is actually yes. open to bringing people in, and they're trying mm -hmm. to build peace in the wasteland. But in Fallout 4, it's Maxon's Brotherhood, and not the original <laughs> yeah. Maxon's Brotherhood, um, and they are very anti-anything that's not human, and very racist, <laughs> and right, they're and two different it, groups, it, really. I not to turn this into a fallout thing but like yeah, sure. i also love fallout so um <laughs> the the direct con con like contradiction when you put the brotherhood despite their flaws against the i i mean in the background you've got the, uh, the enclave which is like oh my there's yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, fascism there, right yeah there's right. there's some pretty apparent evil going on compared to some like eh, maybe a couple questionable things and it becomes much more of a stark contrast in that situation right right which would be like the middle of the second era Eldmary dominion 
right? Because you're like, eh, they're not perfect, uh, yeah. but but they've got some good intentions compared to the Thalmor, which you're just like, no, they're they're <laughs> they're, just they're, evil. Like, they're straight up evil. Yeah. <laughs> they're straight up evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they are directly. I mean, it's it's as directly correlated to like just fascist Nazis. I mean, that's just what they are. Like in in parallel in Skyrim, and that's kind of supposed to be their point. They're not supposed to be likable. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I remember giving them kind of the benefit of the doubt playing Skyrim early on. I was just like, yeah, these guys seem like they're not up to no good, but I'm not going to I'm not going to just murder them as I pass them on this bridge somewhere. Yep. And then after playing the game for a few years, it was just like every time I came across them, it didn't matter if I was <laughs> ready for the conflict or not. I was just like, these guys are getting straight up murdered on this bridge because I am yeah. not letting them walk around here. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It, it, it's, it's, it's very funny. Talmor is not the reason I hate Altmers either, because I hated them on, in Oblivion as well. It's just that. Oh yeah, they, it's the you've got the, you definitely dislike the snooty atmosphere to them yeah, much more than yeah. I do. I, I <laughs> I'll find something about all of the people in Tamriel to be like, you did this. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Oh no, I mean, high elves. They could be saints, and I would still hate them <laughs> because of their attitude. That's it. I will that's not the, be talked down. That's to. the thing. Yeah, I mean. Are Nords all like benevolent and saints? No, we spend our time just punching each other as well. But that's at least honest <laughs> work. Like, Drunken punching. That's, that's their yeah. flaw. Really fun quest. That's how you become friends. Yeah. yeah right. You brawl yeah. it out. Yeah. They're brawl bros. <laughs> nice. <laughs> We're brawl bros from the north. <laughs> oh, man. Oh no! Okay, so like, where do we take the conversation here? Um, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, how do we steer that back? How do we steer this back? Um, actually, you know what? I did have another question, and uh, being that we are in December, and announcements for last year's uh, next year of Elder Scrolls came about roughly this time of year, and then we started mm. getting. Well, actually, we got a lot of we got a lot of speculation in December, and then we got mm -hmm. confirmation, and then of course January there was absolute confirmation. Um, do you guys have any thoughts about where things might be going on the next year of Elder Scrolls Online? Mm. That is actually a good question. I haven't thought about that at all. Yeah. Yeah. I, all right. So I had a pretty decent streak of nonsense guesses that kind of were way more accurate than they had any right to be. Uh -huh. And I doubled down on the one that I pretty much figured was impossible. And it was definitely not the case for the final DLC. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I still, I don't, I, it would seem weird to me if they would extend more. I mean, people loved going back to Skyrim. This was like a huge hit. Um, it did help that people were stuck at home and were like video games. So that probably sure. also helped their numbers too. But yeah. I mean, it was very, very hyped going back to Skyrim. Um, but at the end of the Dark Art of Skyrim this year, Skyrim isn't complete like we don't have white run oh yeah don't have the college of winterhold which mm -hmm. will basically be at the infancy stages around this time which they more or less seem like they had scrapped it back back in the day but um it wasn't an active development, but for a long time, spellcrafting was suggested, which mm -hmm. if they're ever going to bring that in, it's most likely going to come with the College of Winterhold. It, if they can ever pull it off, I don't know <laughs> what the original plan was or if they were uh, clearly there were issues or they would have brought it out sooner. Um, but I'm just curious. It seems weird to not finish Skyrim with two such incredibly notable places still missing. So I'm curious if there's still more to come with Skyrim, but I'm not can I don't know how I would feel if we started another year in Skyrim. I feel like that might fatigue people like they might need to take a year gap between yeah, those. something. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, 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 well, here's, I, I, they didn't I'm just take a year sure. gap in Dominion side. So they did Somerset and then elsewhere, which was. Oh yeah, that's back true. Back, both in Dominion, yeah, Dominion you know, zones, if you will. Yep. Right. Now they were different cultures of it. So one was more, you know, Kajiti uh, right. focused, and one was uh, nasty high elves. But uh, <laughs> so here's but I, they had mm. two Dominion 
uh, expansions back to back. Now, I don't think we will be in Skyrim again, but if they do do another expansion in Skyrim, I would obviously be very happy and wouldn't be surprised because we already had two same zone expansions back to back before. Right. Mm -hmm. So here's a question with all of the speculation for the Elder Scrolls six being in, in somewhere like High Rock and large swaths mm -hmm. of High Rock also not being fleshed out yet in Elder Scrolls yes. Online. Do you think they're going to avoid going to High Rock in order for that map to be first revealed in the Elder Scrolls six? Mm. That's another thing I've noticed about that's, the layouts of the world. That's a good that's a good that might be and, and Todd is clearly in charge of all of this so he might be saying okay we've got some high rock in here but let us craft the rest of this and then you guys can mirror it in a later expansion for Elder Scrolls Online because right. the mainline games are the pri priority if one right. is given yeah. priority right? yeah. and um, yeah that, that's actually kind of interesting because sectioning off what is missing from you know, High Rock would be the Daggerfall Covenant faction of right. the mm -hmm. Alliance. Um, they fleshed, fleshed out a lot <laughs> up yeah. there yeah. outside of that. So they're kind of limited specifically in what they could do there. Um, same thing with the Dominion. It's, you know, a lot of it's been covered now. So I believe the most generous portion of the map is still Ebonheart, but they did Merkmire mm -hmm. as one of the uh, areas. It was the zone DLC. And despite the fact that Merkmire is very, very good, it seemed like it fell a little flat uh, in the overall scheme of things. People just kind of didn't. Yeah. I don't know. It, it didn't seem like it got the fanfare of some of the others. Yeah, I think people are a little a bit shame. less excited about Argonians. I think that's part of it. Yeah. But there's definitely that part of the map that's up there. Now, I've got... I've got a third mm -hmm. idea here because I think I think it would be good to have if they did more Skyrim, I'd be happy with it. If they if they mm -hmm. created a gap of the year, like you said, I think that would probably be a good idea as well. I'm doubting that they're going to go to High Rock. Here's here's an idea that well, I've got two other ideas, actually. Um, one, what if we go back to an oblivion zone? That's kind of like Cold Harbor. Apocrypha. <laughs> I would love that, actually. That could be really cool. And that would open up yep. them the ability to do anything. I, mean, I agree, and I loved the start of the Spiral Skyne when we got to go there for the first time because we had never been able to go to the Spiral Skyne, at least in any of the Elder Scrolls games I've ever played. Mm -hmm. uh, that place was creepy as hell, so I would love it if we did more with that since it's kind of been started. Yeah, so there could be something like that, but then another crazy idea I had was what if they move time forward and adjust Cyrodiil. There is yes, please. Like yes. what if they what if they re <laughs> remake parts of Cyrodiil and you could still have PvP con combat in there. You could go into like well, PvP version of Cyrodiil, but then you could also go into PvE version of Cyrodiil that actually has towns and cities and things and so well, you start we, kind yeah, of rebuilding especially that. Especially since the campaigns are you know separate you choose to enter that instance when you're right. going in there mm -hmm. and granted it's like a zoning thing but yeah. that would be interesting to have like a more pve focused version of cyrodiil right and also there's more to cyrodiil that they can still flesh out they did a little yeah. bit with the gold coast right uh with the dark brotherhood dlc right so it's like there's still more to stretch into and you got the city you've got and and there's i mean anybody who's played oblivion you do any one of those cities and they're going to have memories of like being in kavach or being in you mm -hmm. know wherever and all of a sudden that's you know like it, it's almost like going back mm -hmm. to markarth right you're, you're it's a place you're familiar right. with and it would be really cool to see what the people look like there but instead of running around killing other pvp players you actually get to interact with the you know the town and the city and deal with like their the war issues that, that are going on with their side of the map and, and all of that kind of stuff because there's still people yeah. who live there you know there's still stuff going like, on yeah you know, as you go toward without necessarily completely barging into Daggerfall, you can also explore the Colovian Highlands and stuff like that. There's there's yeah. room to work with in that whole thing. 
without i don't want colovian highlands though i want nibane valley i was gonna say yeah you let your yeah i, 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 know <laughs> I am i am i am a more nibanese side of yep. side of Sierra. Yep. so for that matter though I, i'm down with that let's go with the the nibanese then but like yeah sure. either way you want to go sure. like there's there's some options to work with yeah um which i think that would be cool to okay to here's have. an idea then uh so zaz has not been reluctant with bringing back dead characters mm -hmm. so they, nope. they just pop out left and right yeah right <laughs> now one thing how how spoilery can we get here like mm. Elsewhere spoilers that's fine. fine i mean right? we are a lore cast point. we are a lore cast yeah so we do with, kind with of talk, talk about everything other than right, the so, literal most recent <laughs> yeah, yeah we're not gonna talk Markarth i haven't done stuff, the most recent but, myself anyway so i can yeah <laughs> you can talk you can talk elsewhere that's fine that's fine. okay so abner tarn at the end, end of elsewhere he sacrifices himself but we never really see him actually die right but right it, he appears that he dies now, it looks like he explodes am, but we don't see him die yeah right yeah i mean in the far like we see the explosion but not Abnur Tarn in the explosion because we watch it from afar right. after we go through the portal. Now, I don't want Abnur Tarn to be brought back into the game because then all my emotions from him dying goes to waste. I'm like, why did I feel all those? <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> right, right. Abnur Tarn is also from the Tarn family, is from Nibene. Yeah. And, um,. <laughs> Cyril is in turmoil, and Abnur Tarn was hell bent on restoring Empire. What so if we what get if, an Ibene expansion? Yeah, what, I'm going with this here, and I'm, I'm so yes. And what if he doesn't come back, but we deal with his family grieving him, and it starts with like the ceremony of his death, and family members vowing to further his goals, right? And of course, yeah. you have like I was gonna, yeah. a younger. I, that would be way more solid because I I love where this could go. Yeah, especially because man, this is <laughs> this is gonna be way back to promotional material before <laughs> elsewhere dropped. So bear with me for a minute. Um, the original letter sent out was Abner Tharn talking about trying to end the Three Banners War. And it was a literal letter that was sent with the clicky little wrath stones that some uh -huh. of us got yeah uh, and it was an actual letter sent out with him talking about ending it that could be an interesting twist if they were to bring some type of pve element into it where it's like okay this is like toward the end of the fighting or something like that which is the three banners war so yeah like, i don't know that, that kind of storyline with you know robots added as well i would love that because it's nibane it's tarn family and it's Cyrodiil expansion, all of which together, that would be my ultimate expansion idea for, for now, at least. Mm -hmm. I mean, they might announce something that will blow my mind and I could go, oh, wow, this is better. But <laughs> at this point, my best uh, combination would be exactly that. Mm -hmm. Getting more involved with the Tarn family. Yeah, maybe he has some really cool like nephew or somebody who doesn't have as big of a stick up his butt, you know? And then <laughs> people will actually like him. <laughs> <laughs> well and it's so funny because he's so polarizing yeah um yeah and personally I, abner i'm not really of the abner fan club or the admir hate fest he's just he's fine he's pretty funny um however his relatives are obnoxious yes <laughs> yes <laughs> as annoying as abner can be from time to time screw all of his relatives they are awful <laughs> right i mean two tarns that we know were so one is septima tarn which is the like battle mage leading the seventh legion if i remember correctly mm -hmm. and uh -huh. they are basically loyalists to Molakina, and we fight them i think it was in daggerfall storyline i don't remember well um and then obviously we got elsewhere with um who was it what you, yeah. you his sister who yeah uh, yeah, sister, yeah. I forgot the name. Clivia. Something Tarn. Yeah, yeah Clivia Tarn, and mm -hmm. she, man, she really outdid herself. Like, I feel like maybe not enough people grasped how. <laughs> I mean, the lore in Elder Scrolls is pretty warped as is, um, but <laughs> the very oh my god that that specific scene where she mummifies and resurrects. Kamira's parents to kill her. <laughs> yes, I'm like, you're right. Good 
God, that's dark. <laughs> yeah. It's like, she has no scruples about just being the worst. And then, yes, as brought up in chat, as everybody who's ever seen any of my arena streams, screw Jaegerbaum Tharn. He is <laughs> the worst. <laughs> Yeah, I think it would be really cool, though, to have a character like I love character development in stories. So to have somebody who's just as terrible as these people go through some sort of character arc in the next expansion and become somebody who's, you know, like, I'm going to avenge his death and then comes to find out that, like, no, he freaking saved the world and then is now motivated to you know, actually make themselves a better person and kind of change the way things go. It'd be kind of a neat way to introduce a new character. Also, uh, slight correction, because Dog caught it. I had that backwards. Clivia was in the White Gold Tower, the one screaming about my scroll. The scroll is mine. Uh -huh. It was Euraxia that I meant. There we go, Euraxia. All these names. Yes, I had, yes, I mixed up the Tharn. So yes, Clivia is actually White Gold Tower, um dungeon Euraxia was what i meant so good catch on that dog thank you thanks dog <laughs> that's dog dog bark from uh from the red diamond the red diamond clear <laughs> i was actually wearing mm -hmm. their t-shirt on the stream <laughs> i did yesterday um well i think i think we've solved all the problems for anything that could potentially be a future update to elder scrolls online so good job everybody yay we did it <laughs> um we came up with the best idea. Now developers are scrambling together to actually make it. And <laughs> right, oh my god! Right. Oh, we have to develop this? this in less than a month. Go! <laughs> so we can put an announcement out there. Clearly, that's what they do. Whenever we've had um, devs in our streams uh, on Tales, I mean, uh, <laughs> we we clearly floated them gold that they paid lots of attention to and didn't immediately be like, "Wow, these they're all morons." <laughs> <laughs> Well, going um, back to though to the idea of um, like Hyrak not making an appearance in ESO until Elder Scrolls Six potentially, considering that that is like I assume Elder Scrolls Six is quite a bit into development at this point, at least the general layout and how it will be and whatnot. I assume them to be complete. Yeah. So instead of waiting for Elder Scrolls Six to mirror into Elder Scrolls Online. What they could do as a possibility is mirror Elder Scrolls Online into Elder Scrolls 6 as well. If mm -hmm. they already have the idea for Elder Scrolls 6 and how Hammerfell and High Rock would be, they could just bring it into Elder Scrolls Online as it would be in Second Era and then have the nostalgia effect or whatever in Elder Scrolls 6. Sort of do it backwards. I can see yeah, right. that being a it. sort of... Yeah. Yeah, and use Elder Scrolls Online basically to market Elder Scrolls Six. This, they like, could. use the MMORPG yeah. to market single-player game. The opposite of what they did before with you know single-player to MMORPG. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's a solid point. They could do it the other way around. That would make a lot of sense. Man, too many options. I'm I'm sure we're going to be very <laughs> shocked when they actually announce it. And they're gonna be like, it's the year of this thing, and we're gonna be like, oh, we should have seen that oh, coming. Oh. <laughs> That's of we course bring that's you it. Solch time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We're going back it's to so the Clockwork small. City. What? What? Really? Okay. <laughs> really? That's a bold change. <laughs> well, uh, Arkaneer, thank you for joining us. This has been super fun. It's it's been way too it long was. for me to get you on here. I should have invited you a long time ago. <laughs> um, is there anything you want to talk about that you're doing, or anything in the works that you want to share, or any ways people can get a hold of you? So, getting a hold of me, you can find me at anywhere that is Arkanir, A-R-K-H-A-N-I-I-R, because it's a made-up name, so if you see it, it should be me. As for what I want to say... And it's very elvish. I want to make it... It's very elvish. Have you noticed that? <laughs> there it is. Why would you say that? Go on. It's, <laughs> Come it's on, it elvish. is not. How it is... It's, pretty, it's a pretty blunt name. Uh, oh, man. You fit right Arkanir? in, Tom. Arkanir? That's <laughs> All right. <laughs> come on no i'm sad oh i'm sorry no, i'm, I'm sorry i was heart. just i was just joking it's very I'm... nordish <laughs> too late tom too late. <laughs> i'm not coming back again oh no <laughs> i ruined but, everything um... <laughs> yeah i mean anything that i'm working on not specifically that i can think of um but yeah i, I love talking elder scrolls lore i'm always ready to discuss it and most of the time, like 95% of the time, I will 
uh, bent the lore to be in line with my own objectives and things like that. So if you come into a discussion with me, don't, don't, don't expect objectivity. I will bend every single piece of lore that can be bent to the Nordic uh, narrative. At least you're aware so of it. So there's that. That's good. Yeah. You're, you're oh, honest yeah. I'm, and I'm aware not hiding it. it. I will do it. Yeah. <laughs> there's no points for being self-aware. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the beautiful part of Elder Scrolls. No one can come and say, hey, you are wrong because, hey, it's just your narrative. I'm not wrong. Yeah, my <laughs> dragon break, it totally happened this way. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, but yeah, thank you for having me. This was a blast. As I said, talking lore uh, is always, always the most fun aspect of Elder Scrolls. So yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, and uh, listeners, viewers, you guys should go check out Tales of Tamriel. If you haven't yet, what the heck are you doing? Go go listen to their podcast. <laughs> it's available everywhere. And um, Lotus, do you have anything cool going on you want to talk about? Um, not really. I'm just <laughs> chugging more through arena. I've, uh, I've been home a decent bit what, with just obviously the state of everything Had a couple straight, uh, days off. And, um, I don't know, I guess the only thing that I can say in triumph is, uh, after seven hours of streaming arena, I made it out of the crypt of hearts. Uh, so that was a huge, huge, uh, thing that I was trying to do for, Three three streams it took me to get out of there, um, which is awkward as hell. Solid uh, the game work. is just that. That game is relentless, <laughs> relentless. I'm kind but, of sad you actually got out. <laughs> a few people were. A few people were because it had just become such a running joke. The only side effect was that the next dungeon, I. I I'm going I went to Argonia and I didn't even get into a city like I got to the city I decided to go to Black uh, Black Rose the province which is a, a, an arena in Elder Scrolls mm-hmm. Online mm-hmm. as soon as I walked into the city I was murdered so I mean nothing really <laughs> changed <laughs> that was supposed to be a safe zone so you know arena be an arena <laughs> nice well um you guys know what I'm doing. I've got everything going on here with all the different lore casts, the Fall lore cast, the Dungeons and Dragons lore cast, the Cyberpunk lore cast, which is coming out in a week, Cyberpunk 2077, a week from now. If you haven't checked out the Cyberpunk lore cast and you want to catch up on the background of the world and all that stuff and any of the recent news, we've been talking about all that stuff over there. And any of the other shows on the network, you can check out at robotsradio.net. And if you are watching right now or you are a patron, don't go anywhere because we are about to test Arcaneer's trivia knowledge about elder scrolls and elder scrolls online uh both things (laughs) uh coming up in our in our game show are you smarter than twitch chat so again everybody thank you for being here adventures stay safe out there and we will see you next week same time same place see you guys later bye everybody bye everyone Thanks for listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. All sounds and music are owned by Bethesda Softworks or Zenimax Studios, and no copyright infringement is intended. If you have something you'd like to contribute to the show, please reach out to us at elderscrollslorecast at gmail.com or on Twitter at ESO Lorecast. If you'd like to help support the show, check out the rewards you can get at patreon.com slash elderscrollslorecast. I really appreciate you listening, and I'd love to hear from you soon. And thanks to our patrons for support, especially our Tier 5 patrons, including Noodle Al Dente. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Ahoy there, ye landlubbers. Avast. My name is Captain Logan, and I'll be your guide out on the Sea of Thieves. If you love the idea of stealing treasure, cutting down cursed skeletons, fighting off krakens, and raiding forts filled to the brim with shinies, then Sea of Thieves is the game for you. Join me each week as I dive into the news and bring back the nuggets of information that any sailor worth their weight in salt 
would desire. You don't have to be a pirate legend to gain access to my podcast. Just search for Keelhauled, a Sea of Thieves podcast in your podcast app of choice, or head over to robotsradio.net or captainlogan.podbeam.com and get ready to set sail for adventure. My name is Brian Burton. It's been 26 years since the bombs fell. And since I've left the vault, I've been trying to rebuild. This isn't the Appalachia that I remember. There's so much more to everything going on. And I promise to find the answer. So if you're out there, if you're listening, just hone in on these coordinates. Remember, there's a place for you at the end. Omega. The Omega Broadcast Fallout Story is available on iTunes, Spotify, and many great podcasting sources. Hello, gentle listener. Every Friday, be sure to tune in. What the hell are you doing, Ampersand? (laughs) Hi, Charlie. I'm sorry I broke in. I thought I was the only one to talk to myself. Well, I'm letting everyone know about the Fumbling Four and the Almighty Crit. It's a 5e live play podcast. Join us every week. Where do we find it, you old crusty coot? Uh, Anywhere you can get all your podcasts. You find it every Friday, you stupid cat!